Sunshine and Birds are singing. Today we're going to talk a little bit about softball. Recently we've been talking a lot about football. If you caught the episode last week, we talked a lot about baseball on opening day. And today we're going to shed a little light on softball as well as the season is uh, in full gear. Um, the college season, especially as we have two sisters who are now coaching, former players. And so thanks for coming on today. And uh, Abby, if you just would like to start this off and share a little bit about your story. Okay. I'm from LaGrange, Georgia. I played softball at LaGrange Academy. Um, then I was recruited by Anderson University, and I also played there for four years. After Anderson University, I coached at the high school level for one year at Hillcrest High School in Simpsonville, South Carolina. And then from there, I went to GSW, where I was an assistant coach, and I got my master's degree. And then now I'm at Anderson University, and I am also assistant coach. So you were able to play at the school, and now you're able to coach at the school. What does that mean to you to go back and coach where you got to experience four years of playing? It, it, actually, that's exactly where I wanted to be. And um, I actually went into Anderson University. I wanted to make a difference in a program, and now I feel like I can really complete that mission and really make a difference in this program and just continue to watch it grow. I mean, just from 2010 when I started there to now, the I mean, the facilities have gotten better. Just Anderson University is now a name in college, Division II college softball, and it really means a lot to still be there. So you're able to play for four years and then get in a coaching job at the high school level. How do you feel like that prepared you, coaching at the high school level, to then going to Georgia Southwestern? and coaching there, and now you're back. How do you feel like that's prepared you oh my gosh. for your ultimate goal of maybe yeah. becoming a head coach one day? It was an invaluable experience. Just being head coach right out of college, you really get to see the ins and outs and how to work with, I mean, 18-year-olds, I mean, at the high school level, even 15-year-olds, and just how trying to get all those different personalities to come together is really a skill that you don't think about as a player because you just kind of play your game and you, you just get along with everybody. But... Um, as a coach, trying to get all those personalities to mesh as well as working with parents and budgeting is a big thing too. I mean, that experience would really help me a lot when I went to GSW now at Anderson. So being able to coach at the high school level, you've experienced recruiting as a player, um, as a coach at the college level now, and as a high school coach. What have you learned? What is the biggest thing you've taken away from recruiting in, in general? Um, it's really important to go to the school that you fall in love with, especially playing softball, because there really is nothing after college. College is really the top level that you could play at. And knowing going out of high school, you know pretty much that you have four years left to play. So you need to go somewhere that you are going to be happy, not some place that people can say, oh, well, she went here. You know, and I think that that's really what I found in Anderson when I was recruited there. And uh, really, I just kind of fell in love with it, even above some bigger schools and bigger names. And um, so that's that's kind of some advice that I have for, for anybody looking looking at a school is for softball. Now, Molly, you were able to play at LaGrange as well with Abby and then play at Anderson. What was that like playing with your older sister and being able to have that bond that you got to grow up all along and, and play with her, but then at the college level, at the, like she said, the highest level, what was that like to play with her? Uh, it was definitely the main reason I picked Anderson University. Um, I went on, other, I guess like she did, I went on other visits and some bigger names, and it was just Anderson felt like home, and I knew that I would regret it if I never got to play with my sister again. Just It was the main part of me choosing Anderson. But, yeah, that was that was huge. And I know I would, I would have regretted it if I didn't choose Anderson. So after four years of playing at Anderson, you see your sister take the coaching route as well. And like you talked about, we're going to get in a little bit later about not really anything being above that. But 
you are now coaching at a graduate assistant at UNG, which yep. is a very successful program. What is it like to, to learn under their coaches and be a part of a program that is they are you are forty and one right now, so yeah. definitely with some postseason implications. Yeah, um, it's really it's a good experience, and I just there our head coach Mike Davenport. He is one of the best coaches in the game. I mean, he's he knows he's actually coached in the national um, fast pitch league, so he knows the highest level, and he's been around. He has so many connections. It's just he knows what he's talking about, and it's crazy to see um, kind of the things that he he looks into. That's just is mind blowing. Like you. You, they, he prepares the girls for every little scenario, and it's just something that I never saw as a player and how um, how just how prepared he gets the girls for game time. And we talked about the, the, the National Fast Beach League and, and talking all about that, how we were talking you know, before the show, some teams have had to fold. It hasn't had this consistency that you see in a lot of other the major sports uh, in the United States. Uh, what do you think contributes to it maybe not be having a consistency and, and teams having to fold the new teams coming in and maybe not being successful right off the bat? I think just the NPF doesn't have the support that it needs mainly by like by fans, but softball now is becoming a bigger sport and um, now that the World Series is one of the most watched on ESPN at the end of at the end of May, it's just one of the most watched sports by everybody and not only girls but guys are starting to get involved with it too and it's just, because it's a quicker game than baseball, and people don't want to wait three hours to watch a baseball game on TV. <laughs> but so softball is what they watch, and it's—I mean—it's becoming a more popular sport, which is helping us a lot. But it's just some of the support and the funding for the MPF is just not where it needs to be. But it's getting better, and I think that it'll continue to grow. And y'all were talking, Abby, before about a lot of the coaches that are you know assistant coaches at the college level actually play in the MPF, right. which is probably really beneficial. They're able to give experience and give advice to those college players. And you were talking about some of the college players. That's all they maybe all the, all the chance they get is they get the, the four years in college, mm -hmm. and that's the highest level. Where as in baseball, you you know if, if you don't get drafted at a high school, you're going to play three to four years in college, and mm -hmm. then hopefully have a long career in the major leagues. Why is it important for uh, players to just really enjoy and relish that, but also it, it should be important for the MPF to become bigger and become a better opportunity because in every other sport you have that opportunity. Um, do you feel like it's going to get to that point where it's up there, maybe not the same as like a Major League Baseball or the NFL right. for football, but do you feel like it can be that? I think it could. I think it could be just as popular as women's basketball. Obviously, it's not as popular as men's basketball, but I think that women's sports in general have have a long way to go as far as support and funding and things like that but um i i think that as far as softball goes it's going to take a while to grow to that level and as of right now it's pretty much that you know you got four years left savor it enjoy it don't worry about your stats just just do what you can for your team and hopefully you get to a world series or championship or whatever make a difference in a program and this question is for both of y'all, whoever wants to take this first. What is the ultimate goal? And I think y'all both have the ultimate goal for you, but what is the ultimate goal uh, now that your your playing career is over and you continue to coach? I want to be a, a head coach. I want to make a difference in a program, whether no matter where I am. And uh, I just I want to impact girls' lives through softball because I feel like it's softball's just done so much for me and for us. And I just feel like I should give back to the girls that are getting into college sports. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely want to be a head coach. That's the end goal. And I think it's really important. And I see it more now, now that I'm a coach, that it's, it's just so important. These girls, like, have life after softball. And, mm -hmm. like, the ultimate goal as a coach is to make them better people, not just better softball players, all around better people. And that's that's even about going back to recruiting. That's you need to choose a school that's going to make you a better person and make you be able to grow as a person. And that's, like, Anderson University, it's a Christian environment, and I just love that about it. And I knew that – I wouldn't get wrapped up in a lot of other things that college, other colleges do and other people that go to college at these bigger schools and just the morals of the college. But I just, Anderson University definitely did that. And I think that's so important when you choose a school. It's not just about the size, and mm. but that definitely helped. And so when you talk about being a coach, what are some people, you've obviously had a lot of great coaches along the way. What are some things that you've taken from your coaches that you want to implement in your own coaching style? As you, as you form that, like you talk about you were at the high school level and now you're a graduate assistant under a great coach and you a little bit further along in the process, working as a graduate assistant now as an assistant coach, as you're kind of forming your own coaching style, what are some things that you've taken along the way that you want to implement? I've had a lot of good coaches that I can take a lot of things from. And I've also had, I mean, just like anybody else, your share of coaches that kind of teach you what not to do. And <laughs> and that's okay because, I mean, you, you it's always a learning process. And um, I know that where I am right now, after being a head coach at the high school level, going right out of college, being head coach at the high school level, I remember writing my head coach in from Anderson a thank you note for all the things that he did that I just did not realize. Mm -hmm. And just the things that he actually did for us as far as, I mean, we never had to worry about field duties. He always did that for us. All we had to worry about was playing and having fun with our teammates. Uh, he did our, our uh, laundry. I mean, just the things that he does and the things that you didn't realize he even cared about, he cares about. And um, just realizing how much he honestly cared about us and things like that, you don't, you don't know until you're gone. I mean, I think a lot of kids might realize that when they leave leave the home. Um, is that it's just like a parent. You don't realize how much they do until you got to do it yourself. And I really think that that's really what I've learned the most. It's just if you care about your players, your players are going to care about you. Yeah. yeah, I would have to agree with that. That's um, definitely what I've learned um, in the past with my coaches. It's just the more you see that they really care and they really care about the team success and not only in your success, just everything and where you are even after. And that shows, like, if you – I still have contact with the Anderson – I mean, Tommy Hewitt at Anderson University. It's just the fact that I'm he still cares about where I am today and that really shows, you know, that he cared about you and when in, during the recruiting process and everything. And he's, he's there to do what's best for you and – I think that's my ultimate goal as a coach to make sure my players know like how much I care about them and mm -hmm. that's the ultimate goal is to make them better people. One of the biggest things in college sports and we hear this a lot is if you're not going division one then maybe you're not exceeding at uh, succeeding at the highest level right. um, and, and, all, and all throughout college sports you see the, this big bigger state schools get a little more recognition but there's a lot that can come from being at smaller schools like in Anderson or in North Georgia that are very successful programs what would you say to a, a person that is trying to decide, and that obviously you had these decisions to make, go to a bigger school and, and maybe not get the same experience or go to a smaller school, get a lot of playing time, but also be able to foster better relationships with your player teammates and coaches? Uh, I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that there's a lot of Division twos that can beat Division ones. I don't think that's has nothing to do mm -hmm. with it. It's softball is softball, mm -hmm. right? Either way you play it, I mean, there might be better competition in D1, but – a lot of Division twos can beat Division ones, And I just think 
it means something going to a school. Some of the mid-majors, they don't have the opportunity to compete for a national championship. So we saw that with UCF, right, mm-hmm. in football. They they didn't have a chance to compete for a national championship. They went undefeated. What else, I mean, what more could you ask for them, right? But Division Two, you, you have the chance, legit chance, to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Mid-majors, you, you can't tell that to your players. You can't say our goal is to win a championship. You can't say that mm-hmm. because it's not. I mean, you can't realistically – you're there to win a conference championship, and that's as far as – I mean – Realistically, as far as you'll probably go, but Division Two, every year you have a chance of winning every single game and winning a national championship. And I want to add to that: when I'll get emails from uh, players and even some travel ball coaches that say, "I really think this player can play at your level." What is our level? Right. <laughs> I mean, our level is the highest level, mm-hmm. and I. If she could play at our level, well, I would hope so because I'm going right. to push her to be the absolute best mm-hmm. that she can right. all around. And she will be better by the time she leaves here. But I want people that can play at the highest level, not just our level. And that's one of the beauties of sport like softball and baseball. Mm-hmm. Any day, anybody can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And it, really, in any sport, right. anybody. Right. And so the talent level is really not that – there's not a there's not a big one. And for right. me being at Barry, I mean, Barry has a very successful program where a lot of the girls, they receive some scholarship offers there, mm-hmm. but maybe one decide to be, get a different experience. Right. And a, a different experience to be able to have that close-knit relationship mm-hmm. – with their coach, where maybe they don't have that at Division One school, or like you were talking about, maybe the the campus itself is is not not that big of a um, draw to them. Right, right. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is you see schools. Well, I mean, especially with UNG, us, with Barry mm-hmm. being so close to them, you always hear about how successful they are, and and Anderson, right. how successful mm-hmm. they've grown. I think sports is you're seeing a lot more of these smaller schools, with UCF being a prime example. Those schools being a lot bigger of a threat to these D1 schools, they don't mm-hmm. want to schedule them. I mean, right, we have right, schools that exactly. like maybe a University of Georgia or for, for y'all, you know, University of uh, like Georgia Southern, Kennesaw yeah, State, maybe right. doesn't want to schedule mm-hmm. a North Georgia because right. they don't want to be embarrassed to play them. Program, it looks bad for right. their program, right. which I think is really interesting because uh, the talent level is really not that big of a drop-off, even between Division three for right. us at Barry. Yeah, right. And so that's one of the beauties of playing a game like that is you get that opportunity. Uh, and this is also for, for either of you. What would you say is the biggest thing that you learned in your time as a student athlete? Because that's, that's always a big discussion, right. and we talk about paying players. And so this is a question yeah. I don't think I even prepped y'all for. <laughs> but you, you had the, should we pay college athletes? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, we should definitely pay men's basketball and football players because they bring in the most money. And that's like the biggest argument if they should. And then the question is, well, how can we do all? How can that be all even? Right. And what are some of the challenges that go into being a student athlete that some people who have never played college sports in their life will not, will never be able to realize right. that? Well, getting a scholarship, you technically are getting paid. I mean, that's if you'll be going to college anyways, you're getting paid by a scholarship. And, and I mean, it is a job. That's your mm-hmm. softball is your job in college, and time management is just a huge part of being a student athlete in any sport. But if you get into um, paying players, I think it would make players go to college and play sports for the wrong reasons. Right now, people are going because they love the game and they're going to, you know, love it their whole life and put so much into it. But if we start playing players, then it gets to the point where I'm paying that I'm playing basketball or whatever sport it is because of the money and not mm-hmm. because of the love of the game. That's what's so cool about college athletics is that everyone on the field or on the court is there for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the biggest things you see – Okay, this because if you didn't have that, then you would have the bigger state schools right. would have it'd be mm-hmm. almost like a free agent pool right. where they'd be able right. to take the top tier and everyone else exactly. would be left with players that maybe not are not as good, and right. so you wouldn't see um, 
the talent level would probably be greater with them. And what were you, you were going to say? Continue with that. Um, well, NCAA is one of the largest nonprofit businesses, and there's some people that make a lot of money over there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. off of these athletes, I mean, they're putting their images on video games and things, and they're putting their numbers on jerseys, and they're making money off of these kids. I'm not saying we should pay players, but I definitely think that that money needs to go back into NCAA programs, not just D1 programs, mm -hmm. not just redoing floors just for a Final Four game, you mm -hmm. know, for basketball, but put it back into D3 NCAAs or D2 NCAAs and things right. like that, and women's sports in particular. I mean, I think that that's how women's sports are going to grow is if we pick it up at the college level. And like she said, I mean, the World Series in softball keeps ESPN going. There is an mm -hmm. interest in it. It's just they're not – the NCAA is just not making as much money on it, so they don't want to uh, publicize it quite as much. I just don't think it gets as much support. Support as it should. As it should. But, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying we should pay players because, I mean, there's some people that like watching college football better than professional because they see mm -hmm. that love of the game in there and everything. But um, – no, I think that the scholarship is enough, and yeah, it is a job, and you can't get an outside job to make more money, but that's a sacrifice that you make to play college sports. It's an opportunity. It's not It's not a right. So, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people say when, when they do sign the, you know, the scholarship, they, they sign that letter of intent, they know what they're signing up for. Right. You know, you, they right. know mm -hmm. that, you know, we're not going to get to work a job like, right. you know, so and so down the hall that gets 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 an income, but they're getting a free education, which does mean a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a I think it's an argument that's going to continue, uh, just with the, the all the different arguments from different sides and everything. And so my last question is, and this is obviously on a lighter note, uh, for each of you, what is your best memory from your playing days? And whoever wants to go first can go. I think that um, winning our conference tournament my senior year was probably my best memory. And it's not even, we had gone to Super Regionals and things like that, and we were ranked 12th in the nation before that. But I just felt like that team, and in those last few moments of playing college softball, was just like the most passion I've ever been about the game. And that's really when I decided to get into coaching. I wasn't, I was going to be a PE teacher and coach high school softball, but I think it was in those last few weeks of just the team camaraderie and just the closeness I felt with all those players and how much better I felt as a person and as a player after those four years and those last few weeks of playing, that made me want to give back and be a college coach. So I honestly think that just that that whole experience has got to be my best memory. So this is not be a weird best memory, but I remember my junior year or my sophomore year, we the year we won the conference championship. I um, beginning of the year I was struggling pretty bad before conference conference play started, and um, I think I was probably 0 for 10 or something. Just got struck out, whatever. I was doing terrible, and I was I was in the dugout, came back from my bat, and I was real frustrated. And I I remember sitting in the dugout, and I know Abby could tell that I was I was pretty down. So then she came up to me and just was like, we have your back. It's not about, you know, we're winning. It's about winning. Mm -hmm. It's about the team. It's about your teammates. Just, you're fine. Like, we mm -hmm. got your back. And I think that is when huh. I ultimately <laughs> I ultimately knew that Anderson was the best place for me. And I was so blessed to play with Abby again. And so switching gears for the, for the last part here, uh, opening day was last Thursday. 
And if you all don't know, even though they are from LaGrange, they're massive Indians fans. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> made, made, made the, made the world series two years ago, right. made the playoffs last year. Um, are y'all excited for the season? Are y'all going to be able to go to a game this year? Oh, we're yeah. going to go to a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely going to a game. Yeah. So let's, let's, season's over, we're going let's up Let's plan for them not to choke this year, but we'll see. What's your, what's your prediction? You, I mean, what do you think? You think World Series again? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, World Series. World then. Series again. Then. I I want to say they're not going to choke. <laughs> I, really, I, I want to so bad. I yeah. mean, my grandfather would roll, would roll over in his grave if he saw them win the World Series. I know yeah. he would. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, anything's better than the Browns, so. right? <laughs> our hosts are better than the Browns. Yeah. We're good, right? So that's just like one game. You just have to win one game. Yeah, and that's better than the Browns. So. Right. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And as a Georgia sports fan over the past couple of years, it's been rough. So, yeah. yeah hopefully they yeah. won't choke. But uh, thank you for coming on the show and sharing yeah, your stories you and, and your thoughts and your opinions on. Uh, softball and just women's sports in general in the NCAA. So there's a lot of strong opinions, and it's lovely to have you all on here and be able to talk about that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe on all different social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to check out the video, make sure to get, hit us up on YouTube. And if you just want to hear the audio on your car ride home, uh, just make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You'll be able to hear the audio on that platform. Thanks for coming, and thanks for tuning in.